0: Hello, my name is Valerie and welcome to the Good Soil Podcast. Uh, Today's guest is a really good friend of mine. We've known each other for about nine years now, I think. Uh, And he's someone that I respect tremendously and whose friendship I value a lot. Um, uh, Remo has his own podcast called Life and Faith or Remo Sale Life and Faith, I believe. Um, And honestly, he's killing it. Like, I think he has episodes coming out every week that puts me to shame. Um, but it's also just really quality content as well. So, Rima, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, oh, amen. Thanks. Thanks, V. You're very kind. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I don't know about killing it. Trying trying my best. And uh, I super appreciate your podcast as well. I'm grateful to be here.
0: Sweet, man. No, it's, it's definitely good to have you on. Um, you know, we're chatting a bit now, but... I've always, I've had a list of things. Like I have a folder on my laptop and it just has all these topics that I've wanted you and I to talk about. Um, and I just couldn't land on anything. And so with the, my podcast, I really just try and speak about content that is, um, yeah just things that I'm working on or personally processing Mm -hmm. um, and that's my process like that's literally all it is so everything that comes out is oh this is what's going in Val's head so maybe part of this conversation really is just to help me (laughs) as well (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean I'm grateful that you could be on today but before we get into sort of what we're going to talk about today um, can you just tell us a bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. So just, just a random thing on the whole, it's for me. I always tell people, my, my podcast is the same way. So I love the interviews yeah. that I get to do. And literally they're for me and people just so happen to, to gain from them. So
0: right. uh, I totally, I yeah, totally yeah. get how that
1: works. Um, but yeah, my name is uh, Rimo Tale. Um, I am a 26-year-old um, husband to one wife uh, who is incredible. Her name is Palesa, um, and she is probably God's greatest gift to me after salvation. Uh, I am also a full-time minister at a church. I work with uh, the teenagers in our, you know, in our church fellowship, as well as uh, students at one of the universities here in the city of Johannesburg. Um, And I do a podcast. (laughs) I do do that. It's (laughs) called the Remote Life and Faith Podcast. Uh, And so, uh, if you be so kind as to check it out, that would be awesome. Valerie mm-hmm. was was on the podcast. Uh, I have to double check what episode she was, but maybe you can check that out if you listen to this. Yeah, um, sure. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I love coffee. I love uh, sports, primarily football, uh, Manchester United, um, and I really do enjoy walking with God and being in His community. So that's me.
0: Awesome, awesome, love it. Um, and I actually, how long have you been a Christian now, Reims? Is it? Nine years.
1: Yeah, it will be nine years in July.
0: Sure, sure. And that's incredible. I think that, I mean, we met uh, at the end of our high school career, I guess. And at Mm -hmm. that point, I think it was when you made the decision to to wholeheartedly follow God. um, Mm. And then you shared that with me as well. And I honestly think that is the greatest gift in our friendship is that, man, you you helped me find God and helped me to see uh, what it means to have a relationship with God and exposed me to people. that that could help me along in that path, but I wanted to find out a bit more. I mean, you spoke about Bali and you know being married and all your different mm-hmm. interests, but I want to find out a bit more about your relationship with God. And sure. uh, first off, you know, how did you get to a point where you decided to? commit to having a relationship with God? Did you grow up in a Christian home? What's your background?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I I grew up in uh, the very church in which now I serve full time in the ministry. Uh, My my mom became a member of this church when I was four years old. I was at her baptism. I cried my eyes out because I thought these white people were drowning her. Um, which is a story for another day but uh, she because she would talk about like yeah I'm gonna die and then I'm gonna come back to life and like you know like, like very biblical concepts but for a four year old very difficult to understand and so of I course. just saw it as okay these white people are gonna draw my mom and I'm gonna be an orphan and so uh, there's pictures of me literally crying at the baptism but uh, wow. she, so she that happens in her life and, and that kind of flushes me into this, this new environment this new church um, and she I mean my mom if you know her she's a radical man she is like
0: like, mm-hmm.
1: full tilts not go medium half measures she doesn't know what that means and so our whole life is reoriented around you know uh, church functions uh, church people uh, church events uh, people in our home the friends I had etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but but as as one does as, as you kind of grow and develop uh, you begin to to make up your own stories and uh, my father had left my mom when I was 10 months old and so I'd never Mm -hmm. i'd never really known him and then i the last time i saw him i was seven years old and so i just had this view uh, that i was not good enough and that's why he would leave because in my mind uh, to be honest the the 10 month old um idea that he left when i was 10 months old that's only i've only known that the last five or six years when i kind of retold the story and my mom was like no you've got some details wrong but in my mind he left before i was born now, again, I don't oh. know where that came from. It's probably maybe something I made up in my own mind. But what it left me with was I was not good enough. And I was so not good enough that even before I was born, my dad, my father, bi- biologically could leave me. And so that, that left me with a sense that that's who God is, that I'm not good enough for God. Because right. people would speak about this discipleship stuff at church and they talk about, you know, repentance and not having sin in your life and... Uh, you know 9 10 11 years old I already knew that I was lying that I was sometimes stealing five rand from my mom's purse I already knew um you know that I was selfish like I knew that stuff I could I could genuinely see it in me and so I just always felt like not good enough so this even this church stuff won't work well that continues Mm -hmm. into my teenage years and in fact in my teenage years I make uh, a pretty yeah pretty selfish decision and I'm like I'm gonna experiment man like I th- I figured I was going to become a Christian in my late like 40s once i have had kids and gotten married uh, but I sure. figured man I need to have a story so let me let me start like setting it up in in high school and, and God was faithful cuz he he protected me I think from things that would have uh, wrecked my life uh, I think I have an inherent gene that is likely to be addicted to stuff um and so mm. he kept me away from you know addictions to to weed and, and, and tobacco and alcohol not that I didn't try those things but I just didn't have the rep- the rep- Enough repetitions for it to to get me hooked, uh, but I remember okay. trying smoking and, literally, Val, I'm not lying. The next day, I'm craving, like, I'm shaking because sure. I want a cigarette, and I thought,
0: wow.
1: it, but it literally, I, I thought if I do this, and I had siblings who smoked, so I thought if I do this, I'm one of them, and and I made the decision yeah. I'm not going to give into it. So that kind of stuff, um, but long story short, I. Uh, I sign up behind my parents back for a trip, an exchange student program, not a trip, an exchange student program to Thailand. Uh, So I get to go and live there for a year. Um, And it's all done behind my parents back until uh, I need to go do like a long night, a long weekend away with the team and pay. (laughs) So I had to tell my parents and um, somehow convince them to pay the money, which at the time was a, a large sum of money. Um, and and so i did that and when i lived in thailand i thought okay i believe there is a higher deity there is a god uh let me try figure out who he is and so i i lived with a person who worked at a buddhist monastery so i stayed there for a number Mm. of days i I sat at the feet of of some really incredible monks um they had it you know had a thai name given to me by them uh learned a ton about you know the buddhist religion or the buddhist faith they'd probably call it that rather than a religion. and just couldn't, there was just some certain things within the religion that I couldn't, like, I couldn't connect, like, didn't make full sense mm. to me. And I'll give you one example. It's like Buddhists believe, you know, your your highest form is to become uh, the highest version of yourself, then to become a teacher, and then to become a monk. And that can ha- happen okay. over multiple lifetimes, right? but there are people who will be stuck in a cycle of the same problems over and over and over and over again, purely because they don't have the power within themselves to elevate themselves to the level that they need to. But their God, their deity is not going to come down and help to do that. And that just, I was just like, why? (laughs) Like, why would you set out a part that is going to be impossible for some people to have? Um, And there's many other examples I could use. And then I said, at the feet of a, an incredibly devout Islamic dude or a Muslim, um, and he, he and I—that was my first touch of the Quran. Um, I got to read parts of it. It obviously was in Thai, so it was very difficult to understand. Um, I would later read one in English when I got back to South Africa. Uh, but all of those things uh, led me to this kind of okay, maybe the Christian God is the guy, and it was just the problem is the church that I was a part of, like this whole. Mm. notion of discipleship and, you know, all of that stuff is just too much. Like I should just be able to say a prayer and move on with my life like my friends did because my friends went to churches that didn't believe necessarily the same thing as us. Um, mm. But then on one day, uh, there is a kind of a teacher honoring ceremony because like I've hinted at, in the, in the Buddhist faith, being a teacher is probably one of the highest. It's, it's just under the monk and the monk is just under the Buddha. So it's like really high up there in, in the hierarchy of uh, awesomeness. And so sure. they have a teacher honoring ceremony where the kids literally bow at the feet of their teachers. And I don't know what it was mm-hmm. in me, but I, I thought, man, I'm the only black kid in a school of 3,500 Thai kids. I'm pretty sure I can pull the card. So I pulled the I'm a Christian card. <laughs> and sure. the, guys, sure. the guys were like, oh, Christian, okay. And, you know, and I'm foreign. So they're like, okay, no problem, yes. no problem. You don't, you don't do it. You don't do it, you know. <laughs> And then right. Right, one girl the, in the whole school, one girl stood up and said, I'm Christian. I don't bow before anybody other than Christ. And I looked at her and I thought, mm. I don't know what church you go to, but that sounds right. <laughs> I was like, the faith to sure. be able to stand up, like cause th- like 3,500 people, it's not a small school, but to be able to yeah. literally in the middle of that, like practice run, stand up and say, I'm not yeah. going to do this. I was like, all right, dude, so wait, where do you go to church? Let's go to church together on Sunday. And that began, yeah. that began the journey of me rediscovering church fellowship because i hadn't gone to church for about eight or nine months up until that point uh, which was great for me it it was it it helped me to see what i missed in church and when i went with Mm. this girl um uh, you know it was just like all the memories came flooding back and and it was it was probably more about the community to start out with to be honest the people uh, these were like such faithful zealous christians Uh, again mostly in thai but would fight to speak english you know they added I came okay. one Sunday. They didn't sing a single English song. The next Sunday, they added an English song just for me. Like, <laughs> like hey, let this guy right. worship. Because I couldn't understand anything. So I tapped sure. with they exacted, Wow! But I, I, like I, the sermon went right over my head. Like one guy kind of spoke English and knew that, you know, when he says this word in Thai means Luke, when he says this number in Thai, mm. you know, and I could pick up some of that stuff. And then I just read my own Bible and hoped that I was getting what he was preaching about, you know. Uh, but that began yeah. the journey. Um, I'm trying to keep this short. But that began the journey of me really beginning to say, okay, I've really pursued Buddha. I've really pursued um, Muhammad and the Quran and Islamic faith. Why don't I do the same with Christianity? And um, I made sure. a decision that when I get home, because um, I was nine months into my stay in Thailand, so I only had three months left. I would I would stay with that church until yeah. then. But when I get home and I can have full English speaking people, I would sit down and yeah. be able to kind of really talk through uh, my faith and, and trying to understand what, what it all means. And I, and I did, that was, uh, that was what I did in the the January of 2012. And that, that kind of wound up in me getting baptized in, in, in July of 2012.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to be 17 and trying to figure out, or at least trying to, or having a curiosity about, man, what is, what is this God thing? What is religion? What is, and, and actually going after it, that's not common. It definitely is not a common thing. You don't hear that often. Yeah. Um, but I love what you said about how, you know, leaving home and leaving your own church and being in a different environment and being exposed to all these different religions, mm-hmm. it kind of made you miss church in a sense. Yeah. Or like, oh, maybe there's something I've missed about God entirely. Yeah. Um, and being out of my usual environment helped me to see that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I tend to want to talk about things that I've been thinking about. And just in that context, you know, I've currently been going through a series about who God is and uh, how people can, you know, claim to follow God, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not really the God of the Bible. It's a, a, you know, a God that they've made up in their own mind. Sure. Um, was there ever a time where you recognized there was a difference or there was a gap in your belief system, um, whether it was in Thailand or back at home um, versus who God calls or says he is in the Bible?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll go as far as saying yeah. they still happen. So it wasn't sure. a time. I think it continues to happen um, because I, I sure. and I'll, I'll say this. I think my understanding of God is enough for where I'm at, at that time. Mm. And, and I've got to actively pursue growing it because the growing it is uncomfortable. So I can, sure. you know, so I generally can stay in the same understanding of who God is, but then when things happen in life, I've got to be willing to say, okay, God, let's take this back this COVID-19 has happened. What the heck? Like, how does this compute sure, with who sure, you are? Sure. You know, black lives matter. And I'm just naming things of the, the more recent age, but I can think about when yeah. my dad passed away in 2016, that was another one of those days where I was like, seasons where I was like, I hey, dude, like this is, he was a God fearing man, faithful to you, loved you with everything that he had. Like, yeah. why would you do that? You know? Um, yeah. I'll be honest. I remember when your boot passed away, that was another one of those mm. times where I was like, "What the heck?" Like, because I again, we sure. were such good friends. I mean, we are yeah. now, but even at that time, we were really good friends. And I remember just seeing your brokenness about what was happening, mm. and I remember thinking, but what the heck?" Uh, so that that has constantly happened um, as as I've kind of gone through my Christian walk. Uh, but probably the yeah the big the big mind shifts were around kind of some of my deepest insecurities. Like I'm so I'm like so broken there's something so wrong with me that my father wouldn't stick around and so that must be who Mm. god is i'm so broken that he can't Mm. stick around for me the other people can get saved but not me Yes, you know um deep down inside i think that's and i can sometimes still revert to that um so yeah there was definitely Mm. those those moments and i've definitely had to fight to figure out okay how do i go back and reread and relearn or learn Mm. anew uh, certain things in the scriptures um, because also sure. that was a 17 year old kid uh, fast forward now, you know, almost 27 years of age. It's like, man, there, there are things, there's ways that I can comprehend English, the Bible language that I didn't at 17, 18, 19. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm some, as I yeah. mature as well, I realize, oh, okay, God, but it's almost like, um, you know, those coloring in pages we used to get as kids. And it kind of has an yeah. outline. I think I began at some point with, with no outlines, just the dots. You know, they're like you want 1 to one hundred and you gotta yeah. you gotta draw your own picture pretty much. And then I did that. And then the sure. next phase was okay, now start to color in some of the areas and you know, and as I grow, it it just the the picture goes from kind of one D to two D to three D to four D eventually and carefully, you know, full immersion when I'm when I make it into heaven one day.
0: Sure. Wow. That's incredible. It, and it sounds like um what you're saying is, because this was going to be my next question to you was, you know, prior to becoming a Christian, what has informed your beliefs about who God is or who he was? Mm-hmm. And so you referenced, you know, your dad and your dad not being around. Yeah. Um, and most certainly, like I, if I think of my own personal walk with God, everything I believed about him was informed by, yeah, my experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's just that's what life is. You kind of look around and then you're like, oh, OK, well, you draw conclusions from that. Yeah. Um, and so, and you say it's a constant thing, right? Yeah. So you have times where you, okay, God, this is God of the Bible. And there's times where we can revert back to looking at our experiences and looking at our world around us mm. to have answers about who God is. How do you personally come back to truth, come sure. back to the truth of who God is and what his expectations of you are in this life? Because I, I, I notice and I see in myself and in other people, um, we can, uh, we can craft God in our own image in our minds, mm-hmm. and then we live according to that image that we've created of him. Yeah. And so, and that's been dangerous for me personally in my walk with him. So <laughs> how do you, how do you go back to, okay, this is who God is. What, how do you, what's the process for you?
1: Sure. All right. So I think uh thing number one is to identify what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So I must, I must be able to put into words what I see God doing. So if I, if I see sure. God as being punitive, I need to be able to put that into words. Like this situation just seems like you're being punitive or this situation just seems like you're being careless. So this situation, you know, whatever the, mm. the word is, I gotta, I gotta, mm. I've got to, I've got to put that out there. Okay. I've got to recognize that. Then I go, no. then I go to scripture and I compare that wording, that description of God to what either how he describes himself or how people of faith described him in the scriptures. Mm. And, and then I try to see, do those two match up? Right. And, and I, sure. I, you know, because I intrinsically believe the scriptures are the true inspired word of God. So whatever I'm mm. saying that is contrary to those scriptures, if they don't link up, then I must, I must be clear that, okay, that's probably incorrect. And there probably is a different way to view the situation that I'm viewing. And then once I've done those two things, the third thing that I always do, and I, I believe this is true, is important super important for everyone, is, is I take it to community. So I have true. I have one or two uh, men, I try to have a council of five, but in in every given situation, you can't go through each five, every guy in five, you know, it just can be really tiresome. Yeah. But I try to go to yeah. two or three guys that are really close to me in the situation, in my story, and know me well enough to be able to help me to reconcile. So I'll say, man, I feel like God is being Mm. super punitive. But when I see what he he says in the Bible, he says that he's not punitive. And I get that. Like there's examples and pictures and stories of him not being punitive in similar kind of circumstances as what I'm experiencing right now. But dude, help me because I'm struggling to see that in God you know and Mm. and then that that community is kind of my it's my final step but it's almost like they all have to be done together uh for them to help me to kind of walk through okay you what the punitive feeling is because you feel x y and z because you actually painted god as a god who's going to do all of this and he's he's let you down on that it seems punitive but it's not actually Mm. it's because of your original like I don't know. I'm I'm trying to not use direct examples, but I'll say COVID-19, for example. Right? Because I view God as intrinsically good and only wanting to give me the best that He can give me and only wanting to bless me. When COVID-19 hits, what my heart says to me is, dude, this guy doesn't care. He's seeing millions of people die, people who can't protect themselves, people who are poor, people who are vulnerable, people who have comorbidities are passing away because of COVID-19, whether you like that or not, like whether you believe in COVID or not, but that's happening and God is allowing that to happen. So he must be really angry right now. He must be Mm. really mean faced right now. Then I go to the Bible and he says, I am good. I am love. I am like, but that COVID-19 does not feel good. does not feel kind. does not feel nothing. Right. So those two don't connect. So then I have to go to my guys and my guys will sit with me and help me to say, okay, dude, but what that picture that you're painting is you are saying that God is the one who designed Put the chemistry together for COVID nineteen and release it onto the earth, and is now laughing ha, 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 as the population decreases. Sure. That's not the mm-hmm. picture of who God is. God is good. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what are some of the good that's happening, right? And mm-hmm. and if you you know if you look just quickly if you look at some of the studies, more people have turned to the church than in previous in the previous decade, right? More mm-hmm. more more money has been given to churches and charities across the globe than has happened in the previous decade in one year like we we are crushing those sorts of like social numbers like let's help people let's get out there let's be outwardly focused numbers as society not as christians as society yeah
0: we're crushing those
1: numbers now because of covid19 and so maybe god didn't make covid19 but he surely can use it for his good and those are all passages, sure. right? We can, talk, we can talk through the biblical reference points for that. But that's what yes. I need the community for. Yeah. That's what I need the guys for. Because then they help me to say, yeah, he is good. And so look at the good. And, and yes, this COVID-19 sure. thing is bad. But how do, we, how, do we, how do we say, okay, God has allowed it to happen, not necessarily formed it, created it, and then planned it to be what it has?
0: Sure. You know, I sure. don't know if that helps. Man, yeah, that's definitely, yeah, that definitely helps. Um, and it's, it's very insightful because I, what I hear you saying is that in those moments where you realize there's a gap here, Mm -hmm. I need to figure this out. You're not passive about it, Mm -mm. right? There's a very intentional, I'm going to engage this, you know, these doubts that I have, these views that I have uh, personally, and then I'm going to take it to my community. Mm -hmm. And the danger I found, you know, with myself is, I I think it's always great to start, okay, I'm going to just sit here and wrestle it on my own, Mm -hmm. but trying to almost, if I'm the one who got myself into this place, then how do I think I'm the one who's going to get out of this form of thinking? Cause a sure. lot of our thinking is just looped. yeah. And so I make the mistake of not then going to other people or even just going to the Bible itself. Mm. Like, okay, these, these are the thoughts I'm having. Like, let me go to the Bible, you know? Um, I feel like these thoughts I'm having are now kind of seeping and overflowing into my life. Let me go to the scriptures. What does the Bible say about this? Mm. And then let me get another opinion. Sure. Um, and so I think, yeah, just what you're saying, just engaging and not being passive about our relationship with God or the doubts that we have is, is very important. Um, but I kind of want to pivot here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, you're a Christian, you've, you made the decision nine years ago that I'm going to live, for God mm-hmm. um, I'm going to use the Bible as my standard mm-hmm. um, and that will inform my decisions it's inform and I think you're someone who's a great example of this for me is you are not you don't make decisions without praying about things and getting <laughs> advice since I've known you literally since 18 you've always just been like oh yeah I'm praying about it I'm fasting about it waiting right. to see what God says about it and it's uh, I'm obviously really inspired by how you do that sure. um, thank you and it. it emboldens me in my own faith but i want to just talk about this phrase that's become really common Mm -hmm. um this idea of being spiritual but not religious Mm. what have you come to understand about what people who about people who make this claim rather
1: sure all right so so religion is broken Mm -hmm. i'll go out and say that i believe that i should i should always preface things i Mm. this is my opinion (laughs) i don't want anyone Mm -hmm. anyone saying you or the church that you work for no no this is my opinion religion yes. is broken i think we can all sure. we can all agree i think the, the case is pretty clear that religion and the, mm-hmm. the 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 rigidness of the sunday worship gathering and the, you know the this is what you do if you're going to be a christian is broken and mm-hmm. it was never designed mm-hmm. for that okay so what mm-hmm. happens when things when things that we think should be right break we try to come up with a new reality so okay. i believe the idea of spirituality it takes away um, the, the brokenness of the religious organizations. So, meaning I can mm-hmm. be spiritual, meaning I can do it at home. Okay. The, sure. the, the true, a true Christian faith, you should have been doing it at home already, right? We, we should right. have never gotten to the point where your Christian faith was your Sunday church's attendance. And we've gotten there mm-hmm. because that's what we do as people. Okay. And that's a conversation sure. for another day. But, so what <laughs> people then do is people then try to create a new You know, some people will call it the new age religion or whatever to to try and grapple with these things. So I think the spirituality aspect is fighting the religious bog downness, that that whole situation. Mm. And it's also fighting uh, truth, because if you look at what the Bible says about how we're supposed to live and then you look at society, what you'll realize very quickly is we have strayed a ways away from this good book. True. Like we are very True. far from it. And so so to, to, to mitigate condemnation, right? So because if I don't want to be condemned to hell, then I need to erase heaven, right? Because I can't have the one without the other. So if I can believe people can go to hell, then I must believe that there's a heaven. The same way that if yeah. I believe that there's, there's evil, then I must believe that there's good. So if I believe that there is a Satan, then I must believe that there's a God. If I believe there's a God, then there's this thing called church, and this church thing is religion, and I don't want that, so I push away from that. And so what it bumps me to is this, I'm spiritual. What it does is I'm taking all of the sting, all of the, ouch, all of the uncomfortableness of Christianity. Sure. And I'm making it into what I can be comfortable with. And I think the same thing is they won't preach about this as much, but I believe the same thing is happening in Islam, that there's a movement of Islamic spiritualists that believe in Muhammad, that believe in Allah, but but don't want to do, mosque and don't want to do uh, I think it's called the burqa, the, the the thing that women wear. Like they don't want to do all of that stuff yeah. and their prayers. And so they say, no, no, no we, we are we are we are also spiritual. Because right. because all of that, like I wanna eat bacon, but I wanna be Islam. So yeah. like I wanna be Muslim. So I don't believe in haram anymore. It's like no, you, you can't, dis, you can't disassociate that. That that's sure. all encompassing. Like if you're going to choose sure. Allah and Muhammad, you have to choose that things are going to be haram. That's just how that that works. The same way if you're going to choose God and yeah. Jesus, then you must accept that there's a call to be in a community of faith called the church. Like, yeah. And I think spiritual new, especially new age spirituality, is we're trying to push up against that. But it's not new. If you go back hundreds and hundreds of years, you'll see everyone. Um, has tried even in the bible i mean the areopagus you had luto preach on on paul in the areopagus a couple weeks ago um Um, on your podcast and and that mm -hmm. that whole scene is we're trying to figure out a god that can work for us um and unfortunately that's generally not who god is
0: sure sure yeah i it's it's scary because it's like i it's it's so much easier to follow um like my own version of what I think Mm -hmm. I need religion to be or who God needs to be. And so when I hear spiritual, but not religious, what I'm hearing is people want the benefits of just having all this love and all this goodness and great things must come to me and whatever the situation may be Mm -hmm. void of accountability. Like you were saying, it's like, Oh, I'm not, I don't have to answer to anyone. Yeah. So so I can kind of, uh, I was reading this great book and I don't think the author of this book is correct in everything she says, but she had some really good points about this idea of being spiritual, but not religious. Um, And she, you know, she makes a joke that, you know, people are now talking about how, you know, but God is in the trees and Mm -hmm. he's in the nature. And that's where I find God. I don't need to go to not, I don't need to be in community to find God. And one, like she says, that's not original. God did create the trees and (laughs) all of these different things. But honestly, people think that this is the unique um, thing that they figured out that, oh, man, like I don't actually have to be in community, which is completely opposite to what God calls us to. Like God himself is a community outside of community. That's when we look least like God. And so she's like, you think you've come up with this unique thing. But if you guys all actually came together to talk about your newfound spirituality Um, in nature you would actually realize it's not as unique as you think it is yeah um and she jokes at the end and she talks about how but that wouldn't happen because that would feel too much like church yeah so (laughs) i just love this idea that people think that this is you know they're finding god and they're crafting this god um for themselves but really it doesn't it doesn't hold us accountable to to god at all yeah um and it's a scary place to be in because god is very specific about um yeah just who he calls us to be as people who Mm -hmm. claim christianity who claim to say man this is my god uh, this is what is important to me um i want to reference just a little bit um i don't know if you had another point on that sure but um
1: can i quickly just before you reference i was gonna say your definition is spot on like it's it's all the good without the bad sure like that's what we want and the the other thing that i was going to say is is and this is what people don't realize is the goal of the enemy is not to take you 50 50 degrees off of center it's to take you one degree off of center okay because because one degree off of center for the next 10 kilometers is very little but over the next thousand kilometers you end up in two different locations and that's what he knows But you're so close for so long that you don't realize the slow burn of it. And I think, you know, the author that you're talking about, I'd love to read that book because she's spot on. I I do think like almost anyone who can say that they kind of a new age spiritualist, I can show them how they have taken something that is biblical and try to rewrite it.
0: Right. Right.
1: Because it, it, it all is in there, like the god is in the trees yes he is he even says the bible says that the start yeah. the, the, the creation pours forth speech <laughs> that's ex- mm. you're right mm-hmm. good on you so if you're gonna ex- and again it's, if you're gonna accept the one it's, it's what people call systematic theology there's got to be a system yeah. in which that kind of works out now i'm not sure if i'm a fan of systematic theology or not but sometimes like if yeah. i have if i'm gonna accept light i must be willing to accept that there's darkness somewhere even if it's not here yeah. i must be willing yeah. to accept the the, the alternate um reality sorry you were you were going to quote something
0: no 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 absolutely i i love that and i it's yeah again we've got to accept the one with the other Mm -hmm. um and i was going to actually reference the um the podcast you would you did with tabang it was actually really great um to hear him speak about how you know his journey into figuring out his relationship with god Mm -hmm. um and it's this idea of like um I guess in some sense it may have been like the spiritual but not religious thing, Mm -hmm. but he spoke about how his faith was leaning heavily heavily on the side of grace, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I can come say a prayer. I'm a Christian or I've always grown up in going to church or whatever. So therefore I've always been a Christian and like, whatever the case may be, but I have this, this grace now because I've accepted Jesus into my heart. Mm -hmm. And so now I can continue to live, as I please. And then I can show up on Sunday. And, you know, if I need to go back up and apologize for some things and get forgiveness, I can do that. But like this infinite bottomless grace that God has, um, and no truth. And I love that because I think that's a lot of what the world looks like today. There's a claim of, you know, I'm spiritual, I'm a Christian. um, Mm -hmm. And God just forgives me and don't judge me but there's no truth. And the Bible does mm-hmm. talk about this idea of grace and truth. And so <laughs> I want to know from you, you know, what is your uh, understanding of this idea of the gospel or God um, in our relationship with him, there needs to be both this balance of grace and truth. And what are the dangers of leaning on either extreme of those two things?
1: Sure. Okay. So I'll say this shameless plug episode 29 of the remote Valley life and faith podcast. Um, that is Tabang's episode. You can go and listen to that. Uh, yes. Anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, anywhere they're available. We'll ask Valerie to put a, a link in the show notes, even. <laughs> um, sure. Okay, so to answer the question, um, so I want to disclaim this. I've realized I'm, so by nature, I'm talkative, but I'm also now a minister in the church. And so I preach. So I can, give, I can go on. So please crack me if it's going too long, because, you know, I don't <laughs> go for go it. Too, too <laughs> All right, so grace and truth. I'll start by saying Jesus was full of it. John literally says Mm. he came full of grace and truth. Okay. So there is a reason why there there has to be a reason why John thought, man, when I paint this gospel about this Jesus guy, I must tell him about these two things. And I think it's because either of those two are too far apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to paint a quick picture on either side, the grace side. And then Paul talks about this as well, but the grace side is I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. There is no rule that I cannot break and God will not forgive me for. And I'll tell you why mm. that's, that's faulty here in a little bit, but the opposite is truth without the grace means I have to be totally perfect. I cannot break a single rule. Mm. commandment, whatever word you want to use. And I must be perfect. Both of those are so far from each other. Because why? On the one side, the perfect side, I can never be perfect. Mm. Right? And if you listen to this, think about the last perfect day you had. (laughs) Might have been day Mm -hmm. one on earth when all you did was cry and get held by your mom. Right? Like it's, that's, that's that. Okay. The, The grace side, what the grace side says is that there isn't actually a right way to do something. Sure. It, it negates how and why we were created. And it says to us, we can mm. eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die and go to heaven. Like it, it's, it's just this, um, I'm trying to find the right words for it, but it's just this phallus, false utopia.
0: Because we mm. all know
1: there is a right way to treat human beings. There sure. is, innately, we don't have to be Christian for that one. We just know mm. that there is a right way to treat human beings. Now, the nuances may, may vary my culture, you enter a home, you greet. In someone else's culture, you enter a home, they greet you. But what's the common entity there? We always greet, right? Like that that has to happen. So those two things Mm -hmm. are the two extremes. And what will happen in those two extremes, again, Satan doesn't want you to be far. He just wants you to be one, one degree off. So if he makes you think you need to be perfect, need to be perfect, need to be perfect. I've lived there. That, that was my whole insecurity that, that I need to be perfect, need to be perfect, need to be perfect. And the more times you keep realizing that you're not perfect, the more that taints the picture and the image that you have of God, the less you can have a relationship with him.
0: Because how many mm-hmm. of us
1: have been in a relationship where someone wants us to be perfect and we know we can't be perfect and then that relationship fails?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And we must remember yeah. that the whole call of Christianity is relationship, relationship with God, and relationship mm-hmm. with one another. So if we are sure. called by him to have a relationship with him, but he's always asking us to be perfect, we're always going to feel like we can't have this relationship. Mm. And there, there are some mm. churches that have taught that and they've been too hard on that. I would say our heritage of churches comes from that. And I don't think it's yeah. right. I, I think it hurts people's faith. And I think people will walk away from the faith because that's what they view it as. But I think the same is true with the, with, with the overly gracious person. Because what, mm. it, what it says is there is nothing I'm trying to do well there's no improvement no. there's no going forward there's no getting better and that's also innately built into us is to pursue okay. this thing right and and, mm. and and yet when the two come together because if i remember your question correctly you kind of spoke about you know what is the dangers of living on the extremes and then you ask what you know mm. what does it look like kind of the both is that am i on the right track here yeah go ahead,
0: uh, yeah yeah all
1: right so so the, the the middle of that is an acceptance of my imperfections with Mm. a desire to pursue perfection. Mm. And there is something really cool about being able to fall, get back up again and continue walking.
0: Mm. You
1: know what I mean? Like think about a little baby. Like if you've ever been able, had the, the privilege of watching a baby learn how to walk, they walk a couple of steps boom, and they fall. Can you imagine if they went back into the womb because of that? (laughs) <laughs> it would be sure. so, so weird. Sure. Like, wait, what? They, until they get it perfectly right the first try, they can't do it No, But, but there, is, there, is, there is still a desire in them to get up again and walk. And we know yeah. that, you know, walking that leads to running, that leads to, you know, becoming Valerie and going to London. And, you know, there, there's a whole train of mm. things that can happen there. Uh, but the same is true for the Christian. The same is true for the human, honestly, is, is if, we mm. can, if we can live in a place where, man, I'm going to do my absolute best. And when I sure. do falter, what I'm met with is, oh, great job. You tried so hard. Again, I'm talking, talking back to the baby analogy. In, in, in you tried so hard. Sure. Come on, you can do it. Get up again. Let's go again. Like, if that's what I'm met with, when I do fail, man, how much more would I keep trying? Sure. And, and how I view it, sure. and I've said this to a lot of guys, is, is it, you know, grace is the trampoline of life. Mm. you know or the springboard so when you fall onto a trampoline what happens you're pushed back up and sometimes mm. higher than what you, where you were before
0: mm.
1: and that's what mm. that's what how I view grace is, is man. oh man I fell but boom I get to get picked back up sure you know so sure. so I think I think the extremes are dangerous because they take us away from the true relationship with God that we need um mm-hmm. but the the center brings us to a place where man god i can i can truly be the best version of myself day in day out because even sure. when i do fall uh, even though i may stumble and fall i, I won't lose what i i yeah. i won't lose this yeah
0: sure sure yeah man i love that i i um and it's i think it's something you have to battle like over time this idea mm-hmm. of being on the extreme end of either of these things um, and the culture yeah. I see in the church today and by church I mean like greater ch- church global whatever mm-hmm. is just this um, there seems to be a leaning towards like just grace and mm-hmm. or self like in in the sermons I listen to right and it's, yeah. it's all about you and you know get back up and there's all this you know self-acceptance message mm-hmm. and whatever grace mm-hmm. grace grace and not enough of Hey guys, but this is actually, we still have to live by the standard of the Bible. Like it doesn't, you know, we can't be on that one extreme. Mm -hmm. What I'm appreciating right now, just going on the internet is, I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, but there's certain guys who have their podcasts or whatever. And they're actually calling these people and these pastors higher. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. we hear your message, but also like, where's the message of truth? Where's this message Mm -hmm. of, all right, great grace. We absolutely have that. But guys, this is what God is calling us to. Um, And so I think as a church, we can hurt people if we don't teach both of those things. Um, And I think, so some, uh, Jen Wilkin, she's a teacher Mm -hmm. um, in the States. I love her teaching. And one of the things she says is, you know, having too much grace or preaching too much about grace, rather Mm -hmm. it leads to license Mm -hmm. and teaching too much about truth leads to legalism. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we've really just got to, find you know the healthy balance and obviously we find that in jesus as well yeah uh, and his ministry is like hey man this is what this is what it looks like to live in the balance of those two things
1: mm-hmm. yeah. can i make a slight yeah. comment go ahead so and i say this with caution because i'm a preacher yeah there's two there's two things okay so the one side of it is you know why the grace the grace sermon gets more people through the door because life is so sure. hard Sure. Life is tough, AV. Yesterday.
0: Yeah. You drive on the I road. Feel like yeah. if you drive in <laughs> Joburg,
1: just, just to get from my house to the pick and pay down the road.
0: Yeah. Uh, guys, yeah. I'm not lying.
1: It's two robots, two traffic lights. Sure. But in those two traffic lights, I, there is enough happening on the road for me to absolutely lose my cool. <laughs> like there is enough.
0: Sure.
1: Of Life course. Life is hard. Like that's just to get to the pick and pay. Then yeah. I get to the pick and pay yeah. and I forget my flipping mask in the car. Now I've got to go back to the car. Sure. Now I'm already angry sure. and I'm, now I'm impatient. Then I get to, to the pick and pay line. Right? <laughs> and some dude is not yeah. observing social distance now I don't care about social distance for coronavirus mm. I just don't like people standing on top of me in lines now the guy behind, me, now I'm losing right. my cool then I get to the <laughs> I get to the front and the lady is, is got attitude and she's like plastic. she doesn't even say hello, now I'm upset with her like right. life, there's so much hardness in just trying to go get bread and milk from the pick and pay down the road <laughs> that of course I want right. to come to church and hear right. you can do it, God has called you he's delivered you, he's got a plan for you of course I want to hear that, why wouldn't right. I come to a church that tells of me course that, right because life right. is so hard and so i can understand why ministers want to preach the easier message mm. that's on the one side but mm. on the other side sure. what i would say is i also think ministers are short-sighted what we want to do is sure. we want to create a church today that will grow today that will give more money today that will be bigger today and i th- th- right. what i've realized i want to create christians will be in heaven one day who will will be serving one day who will be giving one day Mm -hmm. because because that Mm -hmm. was the goal of god the goal of god was not the number of attendees the goal of god was not the amount of money given the goal of god was never even just the amount of stickers on the back of our cars the goal of god was true community communion is or tabernacles the biblical words for this. And if that is the true goal of God, then I need to understand that the, the biblical, like the, the whole story of grace and truth is because what we're trying to restore is so big that we need both. Mm. And that's yeah. why I'll preach a truthful message. And I'll preach it with grace because I think you can do both.
0: Yes. Right? Yes. I, I
1: think you can put both of them together. But I'm just thinking for, for the person who wants the grace message, understand that it's not calling you to the true relationship Communion and restoring the true settings of humanity that God initially intended it to be. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. my longing. My longing, and like I tell people now, like, you know, if, if I had to get COVID and pass away, I'm okay with going to see Jesus. But my real longing is to see heaven on earth. And sure. right? that's what Jesus said we should pray. We should pray for heaven to come on earth. What is He, yeah. the, our Father who art in heaven, heaven be their name, your kingdom come on your earth as it come. is in heaven. That's how it's, it's phrased right. in, the, in the Bible. But, but that's what I need to be pursuing. And if I'm pursuing that, mm. yes, that is a high calling. Because the taxi driver who cut mm. me off needs to be loved with grace. The, the, the guy who's standing too close to me, the pick and pay line, he needs to be given grace. Yeah. The, woman who's, now, the, the woman who just greeted didn't greet me and just asked me plastic, I need to be able to say, what's wrong? Sure. How, can, how can I bring the kingdom into this 30-second interaction? How can I bring the kingdom into this space? And I can't mm. do that. I can't do that if I have license to do whatever I want. I also can't oh. do that if I'm already berating myself because I'm legalistic and mm. I'm berating myself for slightly losing my cool with a taxi drive on the way in. Mm. So it's mm. like, it, like, we're talking big truth and, and grace, but I'm talking like in the moment, truth and grace. Like I need to be able sure. to say, I'm gracious to myself, man, I messed up, but that's okay. Hey, ma'am, how can I help you? Yeah. No, just, yeah. do you want a plastic or not? No, Sam, I'm so sorry. What's going on? Is there, something yes. I can, is there something I can pray for you for? Hey, do you mind yes. if we pray right now? In the line at pick and pay yes. with the guy standing too close to you. Can you right. imagine how that drastically changes this woman's day? That drastically changes the guy behind you. That dr- yes. Like that is what we're a part of. We're not a part of behavior modification, self-improvement. Now maybe I'm getting on my soapbox, so I'll stop. But we're not a part of all of that yes. stuff. What we're a part of is trying to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And that requires an immense amount of truth but it also requires sure. an immense amount of grace.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. That is perfect. No, I love that. Um, and I, I kind of want to um, just speak to people who are probably listening to you now. Uh, maybe guys who are your age. Guys, Rima's 26, hey? I don't want people, because you keep saying that you're a minister and people are I oh, Val's talking to her pastor. Rima, and, I mean, yes, but <laughs> he's 26 years old. But I think I to the guy who is, you know your age who and I yeah. I think I referenced this before I said you know people I don't know how it's possible for people to live in the dissonance between this is what the bible says and this is how I'm living my life right so mm-hmm. um during the week I'm like I swear and I do this and I get drunk and I'm sleeping with my girlfriend um mm-hmm. but I'm I'm a Christian and I believe in God right I mm-hmm. I think there's this that exists in the world it's prevalent yeah. Yep. Um, to claim that this is my faith, but I don't really live by the standard. And mm-hmm. so what are you saying to um, the guy who's your age or the girl who's your age and um, kind of is listening to this and realizes, man, there's, there's gaps here. There's yeah. gaps in what I've claimed to be my faith. Sure. Uh, how are you warning them? How are you encouraging them um, to pursue a genuine relationship with God? Uh, what are the questions they need to be asking themselves? Go ahead.
1: Jeez. Uh, these are great questions. Um, all right, my, my friend, if you could see me, I'm looking at you with love. And yeah. I've got names of people who are coming to mind. So I'm looking yeah. at you with love because I care about you. I care about yeah. your soul, but I also care about your health physically. I care about your, your health mentally. I care about your career, how it's going, your boss who's driving you crazy. I care about your relationship. I know that you care about your relationship. I'm also concerned that you care about a toxic relationship, but we won't talk about that. But what I am concerned about is that what you're missing, what you've miscalculated, you've miscalculated who God truly is and what he's truly calling for. And I want to tell you that partially, I'm not sure it's all your fault. I think people in my seat, in my position, we've messed up and we've taught to you what we thought should be the right thing taught. And I might come out of the podcast six weeks from now, six years from now. That might sound different to this. But right now, my deepest conviction is this. The goal of the Bible is to restore creation to its original settings. When your iPhone breaks down or your Android device breaks down, you you hit restore settings. We've broken down as people. I know you feel the emptiness of the relationships. I know you don't enjoy the swearing. You feel awkward about it sometimes. I know that you've actually been keeping the voice that's inside of you quiet for so long that you don't know how to fully change. I get that. And what you're hearing at church is not necessarily helping you. What I want to say to you, and I say this to myself all the time, is God wants you and you holy and he'll do the rest. And he wants you and you holy, not to inconvenience you, not to make you break up with the girlfriend, not to make life hard for you. But he actually wants to give you life and life to the full. That's what he wants for you. So if you're listening to this and, and you're thinking, OK, but what do I do next? Email, contact, reach out to Valerie. And you can, she's got great people. I mean, not just me. I hope I'm a great person in her life. But there's people. There's people out there that, that right. we, are, we are living in a community of young people. 25, 26, mm-hmm. 27 years of age. And we're living in a space where we, we, we're not just talking about getting rid of sin for fun's sake. No, we're getting rid of sin because we want to go back to the original creation. Where Adam mm-hmm. and Eve lived and walked as their truest self. Succeeding in all mm-hmm. that they did. And I believe Mm -hmm. you can at your financial firm, at your law firm, in your own business, your side hustle, like all of that, all of that stuff matters to God so much. But you have to understand that he is there from rise to sunset, from day to day, not just at your Sunday gathering. Mm -hmm. And and the the truth is, the call for your life is far greater than what you're living out now. But the grace Mm -hmm. is, it's okay that you haven't been living it out so far. He wants to help you to do it. I don't know if that makes sure. sense, but that's what I'm going to say to that person. That, that is, that if we is could perfect. have coffee, that's what I'd probably say.
0: Right. Right. No, man, I love that. And I, I appreciate that. And it honestly just felt like, man, those are words any of us can say to people that we have in our lives. Sure. It's just <laughs> such a, a loving conversation and not a condemning conversation. Like, man. Uh, and I think people can hear us if that's our approach, man. If our sure. approach is to to love people first and foremost um yeah i think Mm -hmm. we can help people be reconciled back to god which is ultimately our mission and so yeah Mm -hmm. man i'm so grateful for for you reams and you just yeah jumping Mm -hmm. on the podcast and and preaching to us and yeah just sharing honestly (laughs) and being vulnerable about your walk with god i think it's necessary it's necessary for woman to hear from other women and it's part of why i have this podcast and Mm. hear about young women who are really pursuing a relationship with god yeah um and to know him but i I think especially for men as well like to see other young men who who are fighting to be faithful um and to be adding to be good husbands and good friends and mm-hmm. and to live according to god's word i think the world needs to see more of that sure. um and i think mm-hmm. just on a personal level i like i said at the beginning of the podcast i, I honestly really respect you a lot i'm definitely mm-hmm. grateful okay. that you had the courage to you know lovingly share uh with me the gospel you sure. know, putting me in the right places to be able to hear the gospel um, and yeah. to think ages. I didn't think I would be where I am today and so I'm grateful for just your courage sure. and your love for God that yeah. you did that for me. Um, I respect so much the relationship that you have with Palesa, uh, how you love my friend um, and she talks about it all the time nonstop, yeah, about how great you are but I, it, it's honestly admirable um, sure. and it's great to see that. It's great to have an image of young people who are Uh, not only living for god but as a married couple um faithfully serving god um Mm -hmm. yeah and so Mm -hmm. i respect you a lot for that it's great to have that in the back of my mind when whenever i think about my future as well and so i'm grateful for you friend um and Mm -hmm. thanks again just for jumping on the podcast
1: no thanks thanks for having me v and i appreciate you attend i i just want to tell people i listen to this podcast every time it comes out the latest episode with Anna Marie Boeta, i listen <laughs> to that like i'm i'm a huge Love fan it. of your work you know have i've had good cup of coffee in my house and just appreciate yes. who you are val and, and it's just been so cool to see god work in your life uh, and i'm going to just end with a shameless plug a lot of what we're talking about i talk about on the remote life and faith podcast. It's available yes. anywhere you get your podcasts and uh, we we want to see people we want to see young people thrive in life and faith we don't think those yeah. things are two you know, separate things. We think they're one and the same, but we talk about all of it um, from mm-hmm. finances to spirituality, from relationships to uh, you know, opportunities to serve across the globe. We are trying to address all of those things so that we can hopefully bring a touch of heaven on earth as we live our daily lives.